and she started just writing, you know, different things for certain publications. And she started writing about trafficking. And she said the video, it would go viral and then she'd get fired. And she goes like, why wouldn't I be promoted for something that literally had thousands of, you know, reads and views. And so she started to see that the mainstream media was involved in this. A huge blackmailing ring. So 90%, according to Jimmy Boots of Congress, is compromised. That's why you think, well, it's all ripped. Why, why didn't, when we had the House and the Senate, the Republicans, why didn't we get some of these bills through? Because they're compromised. Yeah. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have the great Dr. Mary Crowley coming to the program. She has her own ministry, and she's been doing this pretty much her whole adult life, just going and helping others. What she really does is help people find their purpose in life. But from what I've seen over the last 10 years, she's been working with people who are victims of trafficking and really gets in the trenches and works with people. She also is creating her own studio in Hollywood called Destiny Studios. She's working to bring information to the people on the things that she believes God wants us to know. You know, I have known her for a while now, and I just, she's a very loving, caring person doesn't judge people, and wants to really help people. That's why I really like her. I try to find the most genuine people I can find, and that's who I try to align with. Because in today's world, it's really hard to know who's genuine and not. And she's the real deal as far as really just trying to make a difference and help our society get over the evils and the problems that we have and be better. So I just like her mission. That being said, she has a new documentary out, and she also has a new book that's based on this documentary. And I'm going to play the trailer before we get into the interview uh, after my intro here. It's about three minutes long, so just stick with it. It'll just kind of be a precursor to what we discuss here. And I think people will get a lot out of going and watching her documentary. You know, this subject is hard. It's dark. Human trafficking, all the issues around that. I don't love the subject. I don't know how anybody sane can love the subject, but if we don't deal with this issue, which people know I've been doing this for a while, and it is the source of how they're doing a lot of the blackmail. I know that there are other ways that can blackmail people, but this is their main way, is dealing with children. The other sick part of it is this cult that's running our world uses children not just for blackmail and everything else that they do, but also because they enjoy it. Some of these people enjoy it. They also like to promote people who enjoy it because it's easier to blackmail them. So it, it is a reality and it's something we need to clean up if we want to clean up our ability to get things done. We talk about how the fact that nothing can ever get passed in Congress that actually helps people and that's because of this blackmail crap. So we have to clean this up. And the Congress members who are victims of this, they haven't done anything wrong. They get in there trying to do something good, and they end up being blackmailed by being drugged or something. Those people we need to forgive. We need to get rid of that so they can come clean and they can do what they need to do. The people who are doing this because they like it, those people would need to go down and we need to get rid of them. So we need to have discernment and we need to clean this up. But if we just roast everybody then they'll never come clean and the blackmail system will keep going on. We have to just realize this is a blackmail system and the people who are blackmailed unwittingly need to be rescued, if you will, and the rest need to go down. 
That being said, I want to get into a few things that are happening right now. Well, actually, within the last couple of weeks, Saudi Arabia happened a couple of weeks ago that Saudi Arabia has decided to stop using the U.S. dollar. They're going to start using or joining the BRICS system. This is the beginning of the fall of the U.S. dollar. The Federal Reserve interest rates keep hiking. I, from analysts and from me reading, I think the the hike is really a, a war on currencies. They're trying to devalue other currencies so that the demise of the dollar doesn't happen this quickly. Because there's 170 other countries that are still using the dollar as the reserve currency. They're going to start peeling off and going to the BRICS. And the Federal Reserve interest rate rise will likely slow down that peeling off, but it's going to happen inevitably. So I don't know if it's just their way of of monitoring the speed at which they peel off or if it's an all-out war because I don't, I think their goal is to move to the BRIC system. So it's hard to know, not everybody's for that. And so it's hard to know there's so many agendas going on. Not everyone is for moving to the BRIC system long term. Some are, some aren't. So there's all sorts of different agendas. But I just want to warn you that things are going down now. And I don't know how long this will take. It'll be like overnight things will happen. In the meantime, you don't have that much time to protect yourself. I really highly recommend that you get silver because that will be the best bet for retaining your wealth. If you have money to buy gold, go for that because you don't want to have to have a whole wheelbarrow of silver. But for the average person like me, get some silver. Make sure you, if you have a couple thousand dollars, whatever you have, transfer your money into silver. You will thank me later because let's say this doesn't go down, then you still have the value of the silver and you're, you're protected. If it does go down, your money assets are going to be at risk and it can happen overnight. So I just highly recommend you do that. You can contact Miles Franklin, Andy at Miles Franklin, or actually just info at Miles Franklin. Tell them that I sent you and they guarantee me you'll get the lowest prices in the country and absolutely excellent service. I don't think there's anything better than a combination of low prices, the lowest prices in the country and excellent service. So I highly recommend you do that. And Andy's so great. He had somebody from Canada that contacted him and he said, you know what? I highly recommend you don't use us because it's too expensive for us to transfer because of the, the shipping problems and things. So he recommended another company in Canada. So I'm just telling you, contacting them is really great because they are above board and they really take care of the people that I send them to, that I send to them. So. Just know that's a really great option. The other thing is, please sign up for my newsletter. I know that not all of you like to get news in newsletter form. So go to my, you can get signed up for my Telegram. You can get signed up for my Gab account. Those all, I post the articles and I post um, my show is on those as well. So if you sign up for all that, you will get it as well. Sign up for Telegram or Gab if you prefer that. Otherwise, my email really is the best. The mail, the newsletter is the best way to get everything that I have going on. I don't bombard your mailbox either. It comes a few times a week. And this show is long. It's a two-parter. Look for part two. And the last thing before I get into this really great conversation with Dr. Mary Crawley, I want to tell you that I'm going to be speaking in Houston this weekend. So it'll be Saturday the 5th. And I have a little 
conference pamphlet here I'm going to flash up. And I'm going to be talking about our Google lawsuit and just censorship in general. There's some great speakers that are coming. And uh, Ryan Dawson is putting it on. And it's free. They're not going to charge for conference attendees. So if you are in the area and want to see me, go ahead and watch it. There, it's going to be streaming live, too. I don't know what all the details are. You should go to Ryan Dawson's channel and figure that out. And then I think they're going to pay, have, it's going to be a pay to watch afterwards. So if you watch it first, go to the conference or watch it streaming, it's free. And then afterwards to raise money for our cost to fly there and things like that, because we're all paying for our own uh, transportation and stuff. He's going to try to pay us back through, uh, you know, ticket prices on watching the conference. But good people are going to be there. You know, Ryan Dawson and then Scott Ritter's going to talk and I'm going to talk and there's other people too. It's just really great. So, okay, look for that. I'm Saturday the 5th. I believe I talk at like four or five. I don't know. It's on the, uh, go to Ryan Dawson's site and look at all that stuff. Okay. Here's Dr. Mary Carley's documentary trailer and then our excellent conversation afterwards. It's a scary thing because you're getting into somebody's car. You have no idea. You could be taken against your will at, at any point in time. He sugarcoated it so well that we didn't really know that he was a pimp and we were going to be prostituting. It was basically me trying to get them attached to me so that ultimately they can give me some money. He told me everything that I wanted to hear. I mean, I've watched a person put a gun in their mouth and pull the trigger and I couldn't do anything about it. And I had almost done that. I was already sexually active and looking for attention from guys. Easy picking. Actually, girls have surpassed the drug trade industry. So it used to be drugs were the number one, and now girls are. And the average age at which they start going into this life is 12 to 14 years old. He used to drive me around the hills. He would tell me like that one day he's gonna, he, we're gonna have a house. He told me everything that any girl wants to hear. I would look for shy ones, those who, who couldn't look me in my eye. I would look for uh, those who are in a bad place or a bad situation. The most likely targets are foster kids, homeless kids, pregnant kids, and runaway kids. And then any kid who plays on the internet. Well, doesn't that open a big white door? And the average age at which they start going into this life is 12 to 14 years old. They're looking for children, so boys or girls that are being raised by single moms. That's who they're looking for. Most of the guys that we talk to that are purchased, have purchased these women, they started out all being addicted to, to pornography. Because what pornography does is it makes you stop viewing a woman for who she is and who God created her to be and starts making you look at her as an object. Our ladies that are being trafficked and prostituted are being raped and abused and beaten multiple times by multiple perpetrators. I'll never forget one of the nights, you know, we there was five of them and all five of them took a turn and I didn't move, I didn't say anything, I just laid there. I was a master manipulator. I, um... I would sell a big dream. So I would I would find the broken parts of you and I would try to rebuild that part in my image, basically. I got pulled over um, on one of the dope runs and the second officer got there 
and he um, started questioning me. Um, and so finally he gave me his, his business card and he said, if you ever need any help, please call me. The had a reporting of over 300 kids missing a month through law enforcement and they had no one out looking for them. A lot of these young girls need someone there to support them who will stick by their side all the time. I didn't realize the freedom that I have now. I didn't realize that I was still bound up by those memories, by that shame and guilt. What can be done to combat this horrific evil? You can help by contributing to this important documentary where we not only are going to identify the problem of human trafficking and sexual slavery, but we also will help and rescue as many victims as we can. Hi, Mary. Welcome back to the program. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for having me on. It's great to be here. Well, you are someone who gets in the trenches and gets things done. And that's why I like to talk to you because you're not just talking. There's so many people out there talking about stuff. You're doing it. And you have a book that you put out about um, human trafficking, which I want you to talk about. And you have a documentary that you put out. You put out conferences. You have a ministry. You work with people and women and children who've been trafficked. First of all, can you talk about your book and your documentary that will be coming out this week? Well, actually the book just already came out just a couple of weeks ago. I got them in hand and uh, you know, it's called freedom cry women fighting trafficking. Here's a copy of the book, but uh, and then my uh, documentary is called freedom cry sex trafficking in America. And we're going to be releasing that next month in Georgia. It'll be the first place uh, that we're going to be releasing it because um, Nancy Schaefer was a state senator. And uh, I believe that she was murdered. And she was one of the ones who really stood up against Child Protective Services and wrote a very comprehensive report. So uh, we're doing an event there November 12th. And so we'll talk more about that as we, we go along. But, uh, you know, just to to share, um, you know, why, because to me, I'm a journalist too, and also a filmmaker and a producer in, in LA and Hollywood. And so to me, it's always about the story. And I always ask people, well, how did you get involved in, in this? And, and so how I got involved when President Trump, you know, came into office in 2017, one of the first things he did was put out an executive order um, about child sex trafficking in America and uh, to stop it. And they really were a number of things that started happening at our borders and uh, great things that were happening. And of course, I think you talked about that earlier, uh, that that's one of the things that Biden did when he got into office is he uh, pretty much, uh, you know, stopped that order. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, he reversed, he reversed it and they had to release all these um, child traffickers that they had and I was I was writing articles and kind of going nuts at the time. I was so upset. And um, the, the you know, the the morale was so low because these people were working for a long time trying to catch these people and they had to release them all. It, it was awful. Well, and I was just down in McAllen, Texas, you know, a few months ago with Christy Hutcherson and, you know, General Flynn and Colonel Allen West and a number of people were there, including uh, former director of ICE under President Trump, Tom Homan. And he pretty much said, we've lost control of our borders and what they're doing. We'll talk about that a little later too with what's happening at our borders with the Biden administration pretty much bringing forth one of the largest human trafficking 
you know, in the, in the, in the world. Well, aren't they just doing it like openly now? I mean, it's it before they tried to do it underhandedly. Now it's like, they don't even care to try to hide that they're involved in trafficking. Yeah. I mean, I, I interviewed on uh, Basel Boz. He'd been on the blacklist actually playing himself with James Spader, that, that hit yep. series the blacklist, which I actually really like. He played himself and uh, he was a former CIA operative. And then Dr. Peter Chambers, who was actually, uh, you know, a green beret and, and, a, and a surgeon on operation Lone Star at the border and we did a program like about a month or so ago. It's on my, my channel. You can look that up. But they were both saying that what's happening is they're coming across the borders. They're going into these NGOs, non-governmental organizations, and a lot of times even with the Catholic charities. And, and they're, they're flying them into different you know, states around the country in the middle of the night and being handed off to you know, these cars with no paperwork. And I mean, when Boz called up, you know, a lot of his people with ICE and things, he said, we were told to stand down. These are orders under the Biden administration. So the clip that you're going to roll in, I mean, the, this clip with Jesse Waters um, is clearly showing what they're doing. And it looks like a lot of the money uh, is back from China. And so it's a really bad situation. How much money are we talking about per child? Jesse, good evening, and thank you for tackling such a subject matter. Uh, right now, the smuggling is $8,000 per child to bring across the border. But when the children are placed by the Biden administration inside the country, we're now also finding that they're placed within CPS, and they're classified as a level two or a level four CPS child, which could range from $156 to $349 per day. Jesse, that's $3,000 to $15,000 per day per child on the taxpayer's dollar. Who gets that money? Does the nonprofit get it or does a sponsor get it for taking in a migrant child? It would either be the sponsor or the nonprofit. But remember, many of our CPS facilities are not NGOs. They're for-profit facilities. Right now, the Biden administration has selected a handful of the CPS owner operators and have asked them to open new facilities solely for migrant children, not to take in any American children. And again, if you, it adds up, Jesse, $15,000 per child per month is a lot of money. That's big money. So there's no vetting. Is that what you're saying? They're just like, oh, whatever. You're an adult. Here you go. Here's a kid. Jesse, there's no vetting. There's no vetting whether the person taking the child is a sex offender, whether they're on a registry, whether they have any prior convictions. As a matter of fact, some of these CPS facilities and the NGOs shut down, reorganize under a new name. Many of them, Jesse, are funded in the, in the onset by the CCP. Chinese money all over this. This thing uh, stinks from beginning to end. China is funding these facilities, which are getting paid yes. by U.S. taxpayers to take in these kids and then hand them out to these sponsors who end up being sex offenders. Yes, Jesse, it's very lucrative business to open up a CPS facility is around $10 million. That initial investment and most of them are LLCs. They turn into nonprofits later, but they're LLC, so it's big business. A lot of money is poured into the U.S. to fund the onset of these CPS facilities in our country because they know there's big government contracts on the back end to bring ROI. Is the Biden administration aiding and abetting international child trafficking? 
Absolutely. I spoke at the United Nations last week and at the Cease Africa Summit the week before, and it is common knowledge that human trafficking destination A is the United States. It's basically common word of mouth around the world at the moment for sex traffic rings that you want to move children into the United States because the Biden administration, Jesse, has declared us open for trafficking business. What happened to your sister? My sister was trafficked through a corporate setting, through the music industry, and she was trafficked for six years, thankfully rescued, 1994 through 2001, Jesse. And we've been fighting this crime since then. And I can tell you, 53 countries around the world, I have never seen the spike in the rise of child sexual exploitation on the hands of a government looking the other way as I do right now. Okay, so now what it looks like is that like I said earlier, they don't even care to try to hide that they're promoting sex trafficking. And, you know, the other thing is there was almost a complete media blackout. You know that I've been covering sex trafficking for, gosh, I don't know how many years now. And now it's starting to come out. It had to get this bad for them to to actually start talking about because there was a complete media blackout. The fact that Fox News is actually talking about this is incredible, to be honest. And what does this mean, do you think? Well, I mean, it's one of the ways the global elites you know, are making money and their number one way of making money is, is sex trafficking, human trafficking. And it's not just the trafficking of the kids, it's also as hard as it is to think, it's the organ harvesting. And uh, there's a number of things that's a really hard situation to even think about. And oftentimes, you know, first of all, you know, in 2017, I was bringing up about President Trump and, and I was actually at UCLA doing an interview. Um, some friends of mine, you know, they have a foundation called Justice Speaks, Sharon yep. and Jonathan Nye, and they'd go over to Thailand and they'd be working in these smaller villages and because and, a lot of people from like Bangkok and Pontiac would come up and, and look for these kids and tell their parents, hey, come down because they're very poor farmers. And yes, we have jobs for your, your children when they get a little older and they're pretty much grooming them. So they were working with these parents and families and, and churches up there. And um, I went with them into Bangkok and I brought a videographer and some of the footage we got was unbelievable. You know, in, in Pattaya is a, a city that has this street known, Sarah, as the walking street. It's three miles long, just of nightclubs. Of you see these girls outside the nightclub, some of them will be dressed in like little sailor outfits or some with little devil costumes on or, and, and there's so many different men from like America and Europe and Australia. It's like a, the number one sex tourist destination in the world. Well, how and, old are these girls? I mean, do they just, don't they just use them until they're, I mean, like 10 people a day or 20 people a day and until they die? I mean, isn't that kind of the scenario? Well, these girls, I think they're over 18, but they might be, you know, I mean, it's not legal in Thailand for sex trafficking, but, you know, they make it look like, you know, they'll go into the bar, have a drink with them. And actually, I went in with my videographer and I had these glasses on that you just put a little touch the, you know, little button on the side and it videoed. Yeah. Yep. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so, you know, there was this like they're up on the stage, like with these poles, you know, like a strip yeah. of poles and, you know. Most of them, some of them were topless. They all had these little bikini bottoms on, but they're sitting there like in a little theater style setting. And, you know, these guys are having a drink and, you know, I was, so they probably thought I was with, you know, my husband or something. 
you know, and, and like, I'm just looking at this thing going like, wow. And then there was one club that we went in, we didn't realize it was the lady boys. You know, that's what they call them. They're actually men, but yeah. they, you know, and they're lady boys and the lady came over to us and sat down, had a whole menu. And it was like, I mean, it's really disgusting, but the issue is Sarah, if there was no demand, there'd be no supply. So it's I know because like Americans and all these guys come over there. It's like, this is where they make an exorbitant amount of money, um, you know, from the, the Americans and Europeans and Australians and, and that, that go over and, and purchase these, you know, girls and, and boys too. Well, and I have less of a problem with, even though it's bad and they're victims um, with people of age. The problem I have are these kids that are underage that are um, that are being used in this way. And that's a major issue, too. Right. I mean, that's what you were really covering here. Well, yeah. And, and so I'll just to finish telling the story. When I got back from my Thailand trip in 2017 and now, mind you, people were saying to me, how did you know? Like, why did you? Because it was kind of becoming a hot topic because President Trump had yeah. uh, really put so much emphasis on what was going on. And so then I, I really felt as, as I was in prayer one day, God spoke to me and he said to me, I don't want you to do this about Thailand. I want you to do it about America. And so that's when I changed my emphasis and I started interviewing people. And, and a lot of the ones that I'm interviewing that some of them that are in my film are actually in my book. Um, and so one of the girls, Ashley, um, she's in you know, California. Her story was, um, you know, 14 year old girl. She was staying overnight at her friend's house. You know, her mom and dad said, you know, go ahead. And the, they, the girl told her, hey, there's a party up the street. Let's sneak out and go to this, which, you know, wasn't good. That's but, what kids do. But yeah. yeah, they snuck out. They went to this party and her friend was in the other room with, with a, a boyfriend or some guy that she wanted to see. So Ashley was kind of sitting there alone and a guy, tall, dark and handsome guy came up to her and started telling her that. You're beautiful. And she is a beautiful girl, Italian, you know, looking girl and a beautiful gal. And so he told her everything she wanted to hear. And this guy started kind of dating her. And now in my house, Sarah, if I would have seen this guy was, you know, maybe four or five years older than her. And I mean, it's not the stereotypical. I mean, he was African-American. Uh, I'm not every trafficker is an African-American. Uh, but there's, there's a lot of them that are, you know, there's all different, you know, nationalities, but if someone would have rolled up and tried to date my daughter, that was rolling up in a BMW and coming, I mean, I would have immediately said like, Hey, who is this guy? You know, forget it. He's not. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, her parents, you know, she said they were good parents. They were just really naive. Yeah. That's and probably, yeah. He said, you know, we'd started going out and every day it was, you know, we were having fun. And uh, he took her up on a hill. She said it was in Hollywood and took her up on the hill. And this is like what Satan did to Jesus. Like, look at this. I'll give you, I'm going to give you this cup of house when you grow up and blah, blah, blah. And she thought, I felt like I was like a fairy tale prince. I was in a uh, princess in a fairy tale. I thought this is going to, is my man. You know, we're going to eventually get married. I mean, at 14, I mean, I'm thinking like, wow. I mean, I wasn't thinking like that at 14, but. Anyway, that was her story. And then one day, Sarah, she said, we were just having a nice time at the park one day. And he looked at her and slapped her in the face and said, you're going to work for me. 
And she said, if you tell your family or whatever, we'll kill your family. Because see, he had some older men that were grooming him. Yeah. Trafficker's name was Joe. And there were these older guys that groomed him to be a trafficker and a pimp. And so like my friend Opal Singleton, who's got a organization called Million Kids, because a million kids literally is taken every year in America. I heard the stat, it's almost like 93 kids an hour are to be taken an oh hour. God. When you break it down into not just the bigger stats, but into the hourly stats, and you realize how this is happening. And so um, what happened with Ashley? I mean, she was living a double life. She was getting good grades, but then they were taking her in like she was in hotels and sometimes sleeping with, I mean, I don't know how many men a day and then stripping too. And eventually oh, she ended up getting pregnant. I mean, now this was after, you know, three, four years of this. And um, I don't know how she could maintain, you know, living this double lifestyle. But what happens is a lot of these guys, well, they're Romeo pimps. You know, they groom them through, you know, like grooming them as a girlfriend. And so she was in love with this guy. She thought that this was, and eventually she said, Sarah, I started getting other girls to start working for him too. So she loved him. She thought she loved him. And so she was doing this because she loved, even though he hit her and all this other stuff, she was still thinking she, he loved oh, yeah, her. Yeah, she was in love with him. I mean, and, and most every girl that, that I talk to, um, that, that is, you know, there's the, the gorilla pimp that those are the ones that are the really, they beat them and they're really scared of them. But the Romeo pimps are the ones that, you know, they groom them in the way that romantically, and then they, the girls do fall in love with them. And then like every single person in this book, Amy LeBaire, who's out of Las Vegas, she's a Minnesota girl too. For those of you listening, both Sarah and I are both Minnesota girls. You know, I'm uh, originally was born in Minnesota and, and Annie was from Minnesota too. And she's one of the girls, she's now got a great organization out of Vegas called hookers for Jesus. And uh, she got married to this great guy named Oz who used to, it was in the band. It still is the band striper, a Christian rock band. Yep. So, I mean, all these stories are just incredible, amazing stories and they all have great endings, but um, you know, the average victim, um, only according to Kelly Patterson, who's another one of the stories in the book, she was trafficked as six years old out of South uh. Dakota by a pedophile ring. And one of the guys in town, you know, that groomed her for two years, a well-known guy in town, um, a, probably a politician. We didn't go into, you know, who he was or what he was, but she said, everybody thought he was a great guy and like, wow, he's paying so much attention to you. And and everybody thought, wow, you're really lucky that this guy really looks up, you know, really is giving you so much attention. At age and, six? Yeah, well, four. It started at four. And, okay. you know, the, 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 it was a neighbor. And so, and so one day, I guess the family ended up, he asked if he could take her out somewhere. And they trusted this guy. They said, sure. And Kelly said that he took me to a place and, you know, these are pedophile rings. She said they were literally all sitting in a ring and they took my clothes off and they passed me around and each person, they said, just don't mark her body or do anything. And she said, literally for 17 years, she was trafficked. She said the average um, victim only lasts six to seven years in only 1% of, of girls or boys ever get out 1%. And she got out. 
It was a miracle. Yeah. Her story is a miracle. And she's one of the ones now she, she has a book from traffic to treasured. And um, she's at, you know, she's not in my film, but she's in my book. And so the, all these stories, there are all these stories and not all the stories about are of girls that have been trafficked. Some of them are women that are literally fighting it. And uh, you know, you and I talked about this the other day when I interviewed you. Um, I met James Rothstein. Uh, I heard him on your show, actually, uh, and they call him Jimmy Boots. And uh, you know, he, you know, in the mid '60s to the to the '80s, he was working in New York as an undercover detective. And there was a street he said called the Minnesota Street because a lot of these girls were being trafficked from Minnesota because they were they looked like you and me, blonde, blue eyes. Um, Scandinavian descent and a lot of the New Yorker guys like that type of look because there's not a lot of those girls in 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 you know the New York area and so he he was given and told to, to undercover investigate you know the the pimps and so you know he shared this whole story you know about how he went the, down the rabbit hole and what he found in the pedophile rings and everything else so I interviewed Jimmy Boots and he told me Mary if we can get the mothers involved he said we can stop it and so i actually got the the website um women fighting trafficking because mothers against trafficking was already taken and so um women fighting trafficking so there's a lot of women that don't maybe never had children and you know but it's the women the mama bears right now sarah are the ones that are standing up that yeah. are really their voices are being heard and they're really making a difference well, I think they're horrified. I think the women that actually start hearing about what the truth is, they're horrified with what they're hearing. It's not um, it's not glamorous. It's not what people think. And it's really bad right now. It's worse than it's ever been. And I just uh, they, they don't they're so blatant. They don't even care. You know, that Julia Roberts film with Rich, Richard Gere, Pretty Woman. I think, is that what it was called? Yeah. You know, where, where it, yeah. it kind of glamorized. I mean, she was a, a prostitute and, you know, then he came along and, 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 you know, it romanticized this, this prostitution or trafficking. You know, I interviewed uh, in my film, uh, Tony Rakakis. He, he was the former DA. When I interviewed him, he was still the DA um, in, in Orange County, you know, the, the largest county in America and the richest county. And uh, he'd 18 years been the district attorney. And um, he told me one of his assistant DAs went and heard, uh, you know, one of the local mayors of, of another town talk about trafficking. And and because they always arrested these women and they looked at, they, they, they were the perpetrators and they weren't good. And, and finally, Susan, his DA assistant came back and she said, listen, what these girls are victims. And, and he goes, well, look into this. And he said, we flipped everything around once we really started seeing what was really happening, that these girls were groomed. Yep. And so they really did a lot to, to overcome. And a lot of different DAs from around the country came out and, and really listened to what they were doing. And so to my, in my eyes, Tony Rakakis is a real hero in that, you know, Orange County, because this is where Disneyland is, you know, Disneyland and and a lot of people, you know, will come to the Disneyland area and start trafficking, you know, kids out of these areas. But, you know, my film, uh, Freedom Cry, um, really, you know, for you, those of you guys listening or watching, um, right now, we've got to speak up and, and do something. With our borders being open and, you know, like Tony said, 
four women or four people, because there's a lot, a lot of young boys that are trafficked too, can bring their trafficker a million dollars tax-free. And so it surpassed drug trafficking because if you get caught with drugs, you know, typically you'll go to jail and, and you know, for you know, whatever, how many years, but with a girl or a guy, uh, you know, a lot of them have the Stockholm syndrome. So, you know, they're afraid of saying anything. And so the, the, it continues on. And um, they take them and they use them for everything. They use the drug trade, uh, this drug tunnels and everything else for the trafficking tunnels. And then once they're done using them for sex, then they use them for organs. And then once they're done with organs, they use their skin. I mean, it's like, it, it's really, really disgusting. It's a whole, it's big business. It is big business. And see, the, this is the love of money. It's really not money that's the root of all evil. It's, it's like a gun isn't bad in and of itself. It's how you use the gun. Guns can be used for good things like hunting, which in Minnesota, there's a lot of hunting. Uh, and, you know, and it can be used for good. Money can help a lot of people. But it's the love of money, which is the root of all evil. And, you know, that's what we're seeing. People are making tremendous amounts of money. Just like even that clip that you showed about, like you know, just Jesse Waters was interviewing this um, this man um, that was talking about how his sister had gotten trafficked in the music industry. That's another thing that they do. Yes. Um, one of the the guys in my uh, film, his name is Mark Miles. He had been a pimp in 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 Vegas, and one of the girls um, in the story, uh, you know, Ashley uh, Jill, was his bottom girl, and the bottom girl is really the top, you know, his top girl that works for him in, in trafficking or prostitution. And um, their story was, was amazing. I mean, eventually Mark ended up getting thrown in, in prison. In prison, he ended up getting groomed by these um, guys in prison. They took a liking to him. So see the traffickers themselves get groomed too. That's why, you know what I mean? They're human beings as well. I don't look as everybody that is trafficking, they're evil people. They've just been deceived and they're using women for money because they've been groomed as well. In fact, one of the girls in the film, Jacqueline, um, she met a boy, like, you know, whatever. She met a boy and this guy was, you know, he was African-American. She was a white girl. Um, but what happened was he was, his mother and father were, were a pimp and a, a prostitute. That's how he grew up. And, and one day he was getting ready to go to college. And, um, and then he goes, yeah, I'm not really sure how I'm going to do whatever. And and she goes, well, he goes, I really need you to help me. And she goes, sure, whatever I can do. And so actually his mother sat her down at, in their kitchen and said, you know what, this is what, if you can help him by doing this. And I mean, I mean, it's kind of hard to believe Sarah that she said, they dressed me up and she said, I went out in the, you know, in the corner and, and the guy pulled up and we went and did our thing, handed me the money. And she said, it was my boyfriend. Now in the natural realm, you kind of think like, why would anybody do that? But we don't really understand all of these cases are different stories, but this is the grooming process. I mean, if he would have said that initially, she would have said, forget it. It's just like, the frog in the tepid water, you know, if it was hot water, the frog would jump yes. out, but because it's slowly, you turn it up. And I mean, I think she thought she loved this guy and she thought out of my caringness, well, sure. What, what can we do? What can I do to help? And they have the solution, his own mother, you know, so there's so many different stories, but 
the good news, let me tell you some good stories because I'm a filmmaker, so I'm a storyteller. And Jesus told stories, you know, even in the Bible, he told metaphors because when you just tell data, you know, it's just a number. But when you tell a story, it creates an image and it creates a heart connect. Um, Ashley, as I was saying earlier, had gotten pregnant. She had sat, met, met with a girl that she had grown up with who, who was a Christian and, and felt led to share that she was pregnant, what she was going through, what, what had happened to her, how she was being trafficked. And the girl just like sobbed. And she said, like, I'm so sorry, Ashley. She said, you know, let me tell you this. God is with you. And I'm going to pray for you. And somehow there's going to be a way of escape. So Ashley shares the story. This is one of the stories in my Freedom Cry film. She goes, I'm in the strip club. I'm getting ready. I'm putting in my garter belt. I'm looking in the mirror, kind of just adjusting, you know, make sure my, my makeup was on correctly. And she said, I felt, I, um, I always, I always cry when I, when I tell this story, I hate crying on camera too, because but okay. she said, I looked in the mirror and she said, I saw God looking at me in that mirror and he was a father. And it was like, he was looking at me in the most dirty, disgusting place. He said, I felt mm. him looking at me as a father. And it was like, it's okay. You can go you could go. And she said, like the spell broke over her. She said, I left that strip club. I ended up leaving for a couple of weeks. I don't know where she went. Um, but let me tell you this, her trafficker, Joe, the one that had been groomed by these older guys, the, when she came back from wherever she ran from, the two older guys had been busted by the feds and were in prison. And her trafficker, Joe, um, the father of her child, um, literally was so afraid mm. about what happened to them that he quit, he quit pimping, he quit trafficking. And um, today, Ashley, I mean, there was a lot of things in between, but today she owns a bridal shop and in Southern California, and she's engaged to be married. And her, her daughter is like 13 years old and um, a good girl. And I mean, she's turned everything around and she's one of the main stories in, in my film and in my book. And so I, I want to give people hope out there because see, you know, God is with us in, and God never wanted this to happen. And, you know, there is a real Satan, a real, it's, it's demonic to do these to these little children. And we, as people have to stand up and speak up. Yeah. I don't necessarily like, you know, learning about this stuff, but let me tell you what we do to the least of these is little children. Um, you, they, you do unto him. And so we have to um, stand up right now and speak up, Sarah. And if we don't, if we don't, um, you know, the way I look at it, the blood's on our hands.